0: Hey there homies, welcome to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast featuring candid conversations about modern society. Please do me a huge favor and follow us on Twitter and IG, both at underscore stuff I don't like, and also subscribe, rate, and review in the podcast app. For a complete listing of where you can listen to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast, please visit stuff don't like.net. New episodes of the show are posted every Sunday at 9 30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, let's get it started.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Stuff I Don't Like Candid Conversations on Modern Society. Today, I have a very special special guest with me. Very honored to have her. I have Camila Willingham. She's a feminist writer, speaker, and activist, a Harvard Law graduate. And you might have heard of her from the Emmy nominated documentary, The Hunting Ground. And uh, she uh, shared her experiences of surviving sexual assault and she continues to be an advocate for women, survivors of assault and speaks out against racism, gender issues and a lot of other issues. A noted speaker, so thank you Camila for being on the show today.
2: Wow, thank you for the introduction <laughs> and thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> of course, and you know, I got to hype hype up the guests, of course. <laughs> you Uh, really talked me up you deserve the hype all of the hype is true well we'll see (laughs) (laughs) so today I wanted to talk about sort of the culture of power that we have in this country probably many countries but I can only speak to the American experience and I sort of had this realization as i was i mean i didn't really watch the golden globes i'll be honest that.
2: okay good neither <laughs> I did i
1: yeah i don't really care about that so <laughs> <laughs> which is weird to say because i am an aspiring screenwriter so maybe one day i'll care but you know
2: one it, day. Be, I'll, it doesn't I have to be really. today
1: <laughs> yeah i don't i mean i feel like you know i love tv I love film. I love good TV and film, and I, you know, I watch the stuff that I like on its own yeah. individual merits. I don't feel like I need critics or award shows to tell me something's good. Like, if right. it's good. I'll watch, watch it. it and that's, that's all that matters.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm as I'm
1: watching there. this, was like the, you know, if you guys don't know all of the female actresses chose to wear black as a form of, you know, silent protest against sexual harassment and in support of the Me Too movement. A lot of dudes were black, but let's face it, they wear black anyway, it's tuxedo. So I don't know how right. much <laughs> <laughs> of a big thing. changes, that big
2: sacrifices.
1: <laughs> exactly. But it's sort of you know, with the the Me Too movement and sort of this culture of I guess, exposing individual people sort of got me thinking about the nature of power. Me personally, Mm -hmm. I think that it's great that we're exposing victims of sexual assault. But as many people know, that's not the only form that abuse of power comes in. And I feel like while we keep attacking individual like creepers, Like, they should be attacked, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the reason that these creepers are allowed to survive and thrive is because we sort of live in a larger culture that sort of places power, like the power paradigm works in a way where people feel like they need to sort of sacrifice their own self-worth or self-being to get some money when the people that have most money think they have a right to degrade and exploit other people and you know it's not just sexual um one of my friends today at work was telling me this crazy story about her how her friend was an assistant to some agent in new york and this guy used to just make the the assistants do these absurdly demeaning things of like psychological mind games like she said one day he uh, he told her friend that he wanted to get a red Gatorade from the store. And she, he had to get it in five minutes. Like He
2: was what? timing her.
1: Yeah, he's like, this is going to take Stop. five this minutes. This sounds like
2: a game I'm, show. This
1: is real. And she said he sat from his office, like, in the high the high rise building and was like I'm timing you you need to run go and get the Gatorade so like he brought in all the other executives they're all laughing watching this girl like run and scramble to the liquor store across the street to get this red Gatorade and run back and bring it to him and then this even gets worse she said when she brought it to him he was like oh no I said I want a purple Gatorade and Uh he's like no, Stop you it. said red. Yeah, this is true. She's like, no, you said red, and he's like, are you calling me a liar? <laughs>
2: he's like, no. 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 what red. kind of yes. sociopathic? Fuckery. I'm. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh, no, I fucking swear
1: all the time. Okay, <laughs> lots of swearing.
2: Because it's really hard to talk about these things without swearing. Oh you
1: no, know, exactly. <laughs> Let it all out with emphasis. Okay. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, what but, like, like, crazy so,
2: what kind of sociopathic fuckery is that? It's like exactly. I don't know the way that power and hierarchies work in our culture, and like, I mean, definitely, definitely the way that they overlap with or like kind of exploit systems like patriarchy and white supremacy. It's like people at the top feel like they have a green light or even a duty to diminish the humanity of their. I don't know, perceived inferiors. And like sexual abuse is one of the ways that they do that, especially in a patriarchal society where like one of the things that's just like been seen to go with power is like sexual impunity. And that's, you know, apparently a favored way of expressing power, but like this kind of everyday humiliation, I feel like is pretty bad and pretty common.
1: Yeah, it is. And even think, You know, I've had jobs where I used to be an intern for a PR firm in Beverly Hills, and the owner of the company was like a psychopath, and he would only hire young, cute girls. And there was nothing sexual, but it was just sort of demeaning things he Mm -hmm. would make us do and fly off the handles if someone, you know, got something slightly wrong. He would go in these rages. And right, you know it's not sexual i I wasn't assaulted, but you know your dignity is you know i I don't know, like people are infringing upon people's dignity still, and I don't know right. how something needs to change to where people in power feel that don't they can't feel that they have the right to treat people this way but also the people at the bottom need to feel that they are valuable and they don't need to be treated this way a lot of the stuff is like our choice I was there and I was treated that way for a couple months and I got tired of it and left but a lot of those girls didn't leave and it's sad that they they sort of feel trapped like I have to do this, I'm just paying my dues so I can make my way up, like that's the mentality
2: right yeah, I mean it is a choice but it's like a super limited constrained choice and like for a lot of people it's you know, have a career in this field or don't you know, or like in your livelihood depends on your ability to take this kind of abuse and try to just like sidestep the most violent of it like I don't know. You can do all the self-care and self-love you can afford, but like yeah. when, you know, when you're in a culture that makes no room for you, your humanity or like prioritizes people and like, um, yeah, I don't know, allows superiors to get away with this kind of thing and protects their interests over your dignity. Then like, you know, feeling valued is half the battle. Like it's kind of hard to feel valued when people get away with shit like this in the open and it's okay. Like I was reading about that, um, that list of shitty media men that went viral. It <laughs> was like, um, I don't remember the name of the woman. What was it? Moira Donegan started this list of men in media who were known to like, um, either sexually harassed and assault people or like just a range of conduct and she just wanted an open source place where people could share yeah like share these stories because like a lot of the ways that people especially women have been able to protect themselves has been through these whisper networks because like you know you see it at Weinstein Company you see it at NBC where like you know people are brave and like in spite of the culture they say you know what I just better than this and they speak up and the company's like so what the fuck do you want us to do you know Harvey Weinstein is a god Matt Lauer is a rainmaker you shut up and get in your place and so like these whisper networks yeah and like these whisper networks start and like all of these stories in it there are like hundreds of them and there are like you know multiple allegations against the same men and like it's discouraging that so many of these were just open secrets and it does yeah. have a way of making people feel powerless because like you know your friend's boss who could humiliate her like that and like have a rude yeah. and of men laughing about it like how exactly you know what do you do there
1: That's what I'm saying. I I did an episode uh, directly after the Harvey Weinstein allegations, and it bothered me because, you know, when people come out with their allegations, the first thing someone says is like, well, why didn't they say anything 10 years ago when it happened? And it's because you do say stuff. There's plenty of examples where people do say things and there's no consequences.
2: So you get to a
1: point where it's like, well, what's the point of saying this? What's the point of, you know, dragging this out? Maybe I have to go to court. Maybe I have to relive my trauma while I'm filing a police report. You can't tell people to say things if there's no support network when they actually do say something. Like the reason they don't say things is because they know nothing is going to happen
2: yeah and that's another huge part of like the culture of power that like you know elevates certain people um especially based on like their gender class race whatever and like you look at who has authority and who has credibility and it's the people who we're asking to speak out who usually have the least credibility whose voices are like the least valued and heard like I hear so many uh Another thing I don't like is white feminism, but um I hear a lot from especially white women talking about, like, you just have to speak out more. The problem is, just all of the women have to speak out and we'll solve the problem. Like, you know, some women have been speaking out or trying to speak out for a really long time. And it's not a matter of like not having the courage to say anything, but it's the fact that like, you know, either yes, our voices aren't does. heard or we're heard but not believed or we're believed and people are like, who cares what happens to you? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's this, yeah, I think we really have to address the inequalities and not just between um, men and women, but like all kinds of different channels of power if we're going to actually address those.
1: Yeah, I think what you said earlier about hierarchies is so true. And the funny thing is, is that oppressed people in sheer numbers are more powerful than the oppressor. But the oppressors rely on fear and sort of manipulation to maintain their their stronghold. And it's funny because I think in our society, we sort of value sort of duplicitous scheming and and power as a virtue. You know, I remember when I was in high school, we had to read The Prince by Machiavelli and, you know, 48 Laws of Power. These books are sort of lauded, even if you're just reading it for a historical perspective, but a lot of successful people, you'll say they'll cite, you know, 48 Laws of Power as a top book that influenced them. And literally quotes from this book say things like get others to do work for you but always take credit. That's like a direct quote from 48 Laws of Power and this is a book that you know successful people claim have helped them get to the top. And the the prince obviously quotes like it's better to be feared than loved and all these scheming tactics I can't tell you you
2: how many men recommended the prince to me when I was in law school.
1: Exactly. (laughs) It's like, why, why are these qualities of scheming, of cheating people, of stomping on people, of manipulation, why are these the qualities that we sort of applaud and elevate in society? Like, maybe I'm just a hippie on some
2: kumbaya type shit but i mean we we live in a nation of conquerors like
1: i would not want my child to think of scheming and stealing from other people as qualities that should be promoted or copied i want my child in my opinion the only thing that being powerful is good for is lifting up someone else to the same level. If I have a voice, I'm going to use my voice to maybe expose things or create lanes for people that don't have opportunities. Like that's what I would want power for. Not so I can, you know, make people get Gatorade and like <laughs>
2: <laughs> and <laughs> humiliate <laughs> them just for
1: and, Yeah. To remind you how powerful you are. Yeah. yeah. It's mind-boggling. I was even reading a quote from Lyndon Johnson, the president of the United States, said some quote that was like, as long as you can make the lowest white person think that they're better than the Negro, like, that's how you'll keep them in check. Like, they won't realize that, you know, if the lowest white person and the Negro probably have way more in common than the rich white person.
2: But Wait, which president was
1: this? <laughs> Lyndon Johnson. Oh, he was a huge racist.
2: LBJ, huge racist. Oh my god, I it sounds like something Trump would say if he could articulate it. Yeah, a lot of
1: these people, huge <laughs> racist, like, and you know, this was back in the 60s, so you could just say racist shit and no one cared. <laughs> this is like right a matter of public I mean, We're kind actors.
2: of back there.
1: Yeah, like, this is What our American society is built upon, that's why it makes me laugh when people say, like, oh, we're equal, racism's
2: over. I'm like, okay, read a book. Just (laughs) look out Right. That's the thing. And, like, that's, I don't know, another, like, Cream city is part of like these cultures of power that the people who are like the most elevated in it, <clears throat> white men, um, and folks like that are the least likely to even be aware of it or want to talk about it. Like, well, because you know, that's so why, like, white about... folks get so uncomfortable when you talk about race. They're like, but well, we're colorblind. Can you just like, talk no. about
1: anything that threatens your power? It's always funny to me because I always. People like, well, why can't they just give us our rights? Why can't I? am like, that makes no sense. Like, if you're listening, <laughs> if I am an oppressor, why would I give rights to someone who I am controlling? They're not going to give you anything, you have to take them. Like, right. no one's going to give you anything. It makes it doesn't behoove them to give you anything. Right. <laughs> it's not really you really You have to demand it or, you know, it's like, that's the way I think, you know, no one's going to give you anything that's not in their interest. They didn't stay in power by giving people things, but that's the nature of power, you know, like I said, I'm not really interested in power. I don't really understand the point of it. Cause I'm, I guess this is kind of morbid, but you're all, we're all gonna die. You're gonna be dead. So it, <laughs> I mean. it, doesn't
2: matter,
1: it doesn't matter how many people you belittled, how much money you got, how many things have your name on it. In the long run, right? It doesn't really matter. So you might as well just be nice to people, like, cause all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah. You It doesn't matter. Like, I literally I have conversations with my mom, my brother, because I really don't understand just the, the the nature of conquering or colonialism. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why? Who cares? I, I don't know. It just seems very stressful to have all yeah, these things
2: to worry about. Right. Got like so much to lose. But then again, you know, I've never really been on like a, you know, an unearned power high. It seems like it has this addictive nature. People just get like, I don't know, swept up in notions of their own superiority and like what they can get away with. Yeah, um, maybe. It is and our like... culture celebrates that take what you can get kind of attitude yeah Uh, and you know fuck humanity fuck compassion just like do what you can get away with like that's that's who we elected president i mean not we but you know yeah
1: (laughs) but yeah even without him like it's been like that like our culture even you know black culture you listen to all these popular songs and so I was like fuck everyone I'm gonna get some money fuck you like I'll do all like, like, I'm like, I'm
2: like maybe
1: help some people you can like not that serious yeah it's, it's calm down like so you money like you can only have so much money to the point where like what are you gonna do if one person has ten billion dollars. Like you, really don't need ten billion dollars. Like <laughs> right. Like, what as an individual, unless unless you're spending the money to help people, like I said, maybe I'm just a hippie. I don't know,
2: <laughs> but hippie-ish. <laughs> kind of I mean, who doesn't want ten billion dollars? <laughs> I like, right, think you're Basic There's...
1: level. Money. I remember learning this in college. We, I took a class on, um you know, I think it was politics and happiness. These are the classes you take at a liberal arts school. So, <laughs> I feel like I took a class with the same name. So. so it was basically they had this chart of you know happiness levels across the country across the world in different countries and at that time you know this is 2008 the happiest country they said was Nigeria and you know that's (laughs) not the richest country America which is one of the richest countries was very low on those top countries you know happy quotient list and I feel like in America we have this false equivalency of more money equals more happiness but that's not true And in that class, they basically said that, obviously, you need money to to cover, like, basic life necessities. Like, obviously, if I have nowhere to live, getting some money to pay my rent or buy a house, that will obviously increase happiness. But, like, beyond having enough for your basic needs and for some leisurely activities, back then, I think the exact amount was around – Seventy-five thousand dollars. This was like you know ten years ago. Beyond that, it was like your happiness is not increased any more, and in fact, at a certain point, it started to decline the more money you got. And to me, that was always very interesting. And well, the money no problem. <laughs> not true, <you> know. <laughs>
2: Bad boy for life.
1: Got it right. <laughs> That's the thesis right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like. In Nigeria, they did a survey about why these people are happy, even though you know materially they have less and The survey found that they had a strong sense of community, so you know if one person in the neighborhood was suffering, you know they'd all work together to help that person out. It was sort of a communal interest in the welfare of their little group, whereas here we have a very individualist mentality. And, it, you know, that can be good for some things, bad for some other things, but I think we need to, it's good to, you know, be an individual, express yourself, whatever, but we also need to think about other people, in my opinion, and
2: right. about treating yeah, them I've like she similar studies on happiness and like life expectancy and it's the people with that kind of fulfillment like the sense of community and connection those are the folks who live until they're like a hundred and something like I doubt the Harvey Weinsteins and Matt Lowers <laughs> of the world like want to live until they're a hundred or something because they seem fucking miserable <laughs> like, yeah that's you a, know yeah. like
1: they're the Well, now their power is pretty gone, but (laughs) they were powerful. (laughs) Like, for me, it reminds me of scandal. I'm a huge scandal fan. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like Olivia of Hope to me is a metaphor for power and the demise of power. You know, Olivia, when she first started out, she wore the white hat. She was a gladiator. She was helping the little man against, you know, society. She was helping people. And then it's sort of a slippery slope. You see how much power you have. And at first you might use it to correct something that you feel is an an injustice, you know. So Olivia rigged the election so Fitz would win. But, you know, that was Mm -hmm. noble. She's trying to help people. But then you know she gets high on her her own power, so she starts doing a little more, a little bit of this, a little bit mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. bit of this, and you start downgrading and cascading yourself. And now Olivia's fucking head of B six thirteen horrible <laughs> organization, <laughs> like, and she. Oh, I, I won't spoil it for you. Don't spoil it for me. Talking. I'm not caught up. I don't want okay. to hear anything else. <laughs> okay, I, we'll <laughs> not spoil it. Is like slowly on path to become um, a person that she hates she's sort of like her father now and that was the person that mm. she always hated but the, her path is because of power i i think it like you said it's addictive you might start out with noble intentions but the higher up you go you see it's easier well people just do stuff for me i can just do this i can do that it's sort mm. of Easy to get I guess a God complex and to just get high and power trip and do whatever you want because you have all these people that will do whatever you want them to do,
2: right, like people with a certain amount of power get accustomed to the sense that they can get away with anything and the total lack of accountability that goes with it, I think, yeah. and our culture' yeah. set up to protect people in power, like we are so low to hold accountable or take down people who have a certain amount of money or influence. That's Um, true. Look at the way that feminists treat Lena Dunham. For God's sake. (laughs) Like she has fucked up in so many ways, but like she gets to pose with the crew in the Time's Up photo. Like she didn't just throw a black survivor under the bus. (laughs) Even in liberal feminist spaces, power and influence work the same way where, like, that's people so end true. up with just this total sense of impunity, and they can be total assholes, and they know they can get away with it, and yeah. they do.
1: Yeah. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know if that's just something uniquely Western, like American. It seems like other countries, maybe they have more of a, I guess, flat sort of structure where I don't know. I I don't know if that's just human nature to organize yourself in a hierarchy or is that culturally taught where we value sort of power? I don't really know. I don't really know how we can sort of change this. My perspective is to be more empathetic and to understand what other people are going to and through and look outside yourself to – other
2: people's perspective that's the only answer I can come up with yeah and like do our best where we can to diversify powerful groups you know like in the case of Hollywood like I don't think like put women in charge of everything will solve everything because I've met some evil women too um (laughs) or women who are just as capable of abuse like the ceo or sorry the ceo of um thanks that kevin has come to company I, I told
1: you said, she's such a weirdo <laughs> she would make right women she's
2: like feel her <laughs> boobs and stuff right grabbing asses hosting video conferences from her toilet the like pee. right like she's just as bad as these men but i do think that having a in power can like help undermine that at least some of these terrible power dynamics like that patriarchal logic that equates power with masculinity and the worst forms of masculinity like you know yeah. power is being able to sexually humiliate other people uh um, and i think giving voices to
1: disenfranchised people i was listening or watching an interview with Issa ray and i really like her because she said you know She created her own space. She had years of people telling her, well, you know, your idea is not really marketable. You know, it's not really for the mass audiences, which means white audiences. So, you know, she went on YouTube and made her own web series. And now that she's in a position to where she can produce her own material, she said, you know, she's reaching out to other small small sort of small-time creators and teaching them. And she said that's been a problem. You know, it's not just about who's in front of the camera, it's who's behind the camera. You know, female editors are only a couple percentage of all the, the editing jobs in film female directors of photography all these behind the scene jobs people of color even a smaller fraction so with her yeah. production company her show she's like i'm making it a point to hire these people because the excuse is always like oh we can't find any but she's like it's not that you can't find any it's that you don't want to look and a lot of right. hollywood <laughs> especially she like she said it's an old boys club so people just hire their it's the same people in every movie doing every show because they just hire, they're, they're not giving new people opportunities. So she said when right. she got in, she would give new people opportunities. And maybe, you know, those people would make mistakes because they're not experienced because no one would ever give them a chance. And maybe you might have to teach them and mentor them but now you giving them an opportunity and hopefully when they come up, they can give someone else the opportunity. So I think that's that's what we need. Yeah. Like she is using her power to lift other people up instead of put them down. And that's what we need. Like you said.
2: Right. Yeah. I like that
1: model. It's good. I feel like, that's the only way we can change is if you are in a place of power, you know, use your power for good. Help someone out. Expose someone. <laughs> like, I, right. I had talk today, and I really liked it. It was by this girl who was a woman named Lovey Ajayi. She's a yeah. author. Yeah, I had never heard of her, but she... I really liked her TED Talk, and she basically said people and systems rely on silence to help them remain exactly where they are, and I thought that was so powerful, and she said like her job is to expose people. She doesn't care. (laughs) You just got to say (laughs) shit. Like she gave an example where she was invited to speak at a conference, and she found out that the white men for speaking at this conference they got paid plus they got their airfare paid for to speak at the conference the white women they just so got much. their airfare they just got their airfare comp the black women didn't get anything comped and they were actually charging <gasps> the black women to speak at this conference. what yes so when she found this out she like put these people on blast and They they deserve to be on blast, but I I just loved that you know I I like I say this a lot that I'm glad that we live in internet era because I think that's the the internet is an equal platform before you know you had newspapers only forms of media you had TV stations you had film but those were controlled by a very small number of people. Now on the Internet, if you see something, you can just say shit. Like, you can take videos and put it – you can take a video of a cop doing something wrong. You can post on your blog about, like, the shitty things that conference was doing. You can just expose people and have access to talk directly to millions of people potentially, and there's no gatekeepers controlling the information anymore which I think right. is beautiful.
2: Thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not totally equal because there's still the whole thing where, like, some people's voices are valued over others. Oh, of course. And of course. some are, like, seen as less credible. But I love that, like, the information is out there if you look for it. And, like, I love people like Levy day using their social capital to, like, expose shit. And not, like, you know, once they make it to a certain place, like, oh, man, I got to hold on to this. I'm not going to risk it for anything.
1: I think that's the thing with privilege is that if you – I think that's why people – there's privilege of all kinds, you know. But I think people are hesitant to admit they have privilege because that means, like, well, if I
2: admit I have this, that means I have to give it to you. Like, right. they, or it means they, that like I don't deserve where I am but of course I deserve but yeah yeah
1: it's like I feel like people have a hard time admitting it because they I, I don't know if they want I think people like feeling superior like <laughs> like that quote from LBJ if you can make this person think they're better than that person or even you know in slave times that's why mm-hmm. you have like the house house nigga and the ones out in the, in the, in the field because you brainwash this one into thinking oh we're treating you special you keep that one in line but really you're all fucking slaves so you're all you're, you're <laughs> I mean, it's like, true um,
2: i think it gives people a firm sense of security um yeah, to have the I mean, idea really, that yeah. like well at least there's someone under me oh so. exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: But so really, you're all getting fucked over. And if right. if you talk to each other, maybe you can kill the master. Exactly. Kill
2: the master and then burn down his house.
1: Exactly. You're to throw the whole thing out. Party.
2: You can exactly. kill the patriarch. You got to take down the whole thing.
1: Exactly. That's what one. Yeah, I agree. We need to. Dismantle. You can't just kick a few bad people out because I don't think it's a few bad people. It's the whole system was benefited to only the system was created right. to benefit few people. So it's you can't keep retrofitting something that's not made for you.
2: Right, like all these bad men out. who are being outed and going down now. Like, they weren't just bad apples. They all had a team yeah. or, like, an entire corporation of enablers exactly. and a culture what is, of people. They would
1: have been able to get away with it this long if they didn't have some structure b- protecting them for all these years. It's not just, like like you said, a few bad apples. It's whole
2: structure.
1: Right. Like, Harvey line.
2: Weinstein, that shit was in his contract. <laughs> like, he was contractually enabled. To continue to abuse women. Oh. That's, that's ridiculous. ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I think that's a good place to end the conversation. Do you have any parting wise words you'd like
2: to say? fuck um, the patriarchy. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's do it. I do
1: my part yeah. by putting out this podcast that 10 people listen to. But
2: <laughs> it, it will grow. It will grow. That's right. We just gotta plant seeds everywhere. Oh, yeah, and like I, you know,
1: I'm we'll a use firm our believer and all that energy and mumbo jumbo. So, <laughs> I, I, I will use my power of affirmations to grow this audience. Like, have you seen That's that group right. of Oprah? Where it's like from 30 years ago, or, and she's before her show was starting. And they're like, "Oh, what if your show fails?" And she's like, "It will not fail. <laughs> no, no I let <laughs> But even if it does, you know, I have other qualities. You know, my show is—it's not the only thing that defines me. But I'll do good, and you know, bitch is doing good, so maybe." <laughs> <there. laughs> 30 years from now I can play
2: this this clip <laughs> and I'll be doing good too. I bet so you will be.
1: Thank you so much Camila. It was lovely talking to you and thank, thank you, you for listening. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Stuff I Don't Like. If you did like what you heard today, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review, and tell the homies to do the same. You can find me on the App Store, on Google Play, as well as SoundCloud, and a few other places. Please visit stuffidontlike.net for a complete listing of all places where you can hear this wonderful podcast. Thanks again. Have a good day.